Today I want to talk to you guys about forms training versus playing chess and learning chess. So when we are learning forms, we're adding pieces as we go. We talked about that. And obviously to build the form from start to end, it's sequential. You have to memorize things so that you can offload them. That's how our brain works. We can't focus on a bunch of stuff at once. So we have to isolate a problem and address it singularly to solve it. But we also have to do something over and over and over again so that our subconscious takes that action over and we can focus on something else. And a good po uh, point to look at with forms is, well, why, if you have to go on a single leg, for example, you're thinking about your balance, where your weight is, is your knee bent or locked? So you're thinking about all that stuff and then you realize that your hand's pointing the wrong direction or your arms aren't in the right place or your head isn't looking or you're looking down or you're looking up or your eyes were closed. There's too many things to think about early on when you're learning forms. So what we wanna do is try to simplify. And that's why we do repetition. So let's say you learn the first row to the form you practice, 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 but every week you keep practicing that. You don't just leave it behind because you already did that and then come back to it a month later. No, we're building. Like that's our foundation and we keep adding bricks to it as we work our way up. Eventually we'll end up with that completed wall, but you can't just say, all right, I'm gonna start building the first three layers of the wall and then I'm gonna do the next four or five layers after that but the bottom layers, forget them, just take them away. You can't do that, the wall falls down. Well, there's a trick that we can do as well when we struggle with a new section of the form. So if we're having a problem and we really struggle with a specific move, then take that move out of the form and practice it by itself as many times you need to. Then when we get comfortable with that move, it may not be right, but we feel comfortable with it. We're open to instruction. So this is that argument against the 10,000 hour rule where you just do something for 10,000 hours, you become a master. And the, there's a counter argument that says, no, you need instruction, you need coaching through that 10,000 hours. You need somebody who's an expert to tell you, well, you're doing this or you're doing that. Well, that's a good point, but we can't always have an instructor standing there telling us to fix it or what we're doing wrong. And our mind will tell us, it's like a, a, a picture that lies. Our mind is telling us that we're doing it right but then somebody else comes along and tells us, no. This is a funny story, actually, just reminded me. Uh, I spent 13 years, 12, 13 years teaching Tai Chi. So a lot of postural stuff and movement for people that may have spent 60 years of their life not doing physical activity. And this particular gentleman would come in and he had a posture problem where he would be leaning like this all the time. And I would go over and I would help him 
and say, this is actually straight up. And he wouldn't believe me because his body was so used to leaning forward all the time that it felt strange to actually be standing straight up and down. So our mind can give us a perception that something is correct when it's not. However, doing that repetition over and over and over, even if it's wrong, opens our mind for correction later. So when somebody does come by and say, no, this is off, we can tweak it and we're not focused on 50 things at that point. We're focused on maybe two or three or even one because we thought we had the movement down. So now that tweak is easy to plug in. Next, when we are struggling on our own, we can use a camera and video ourselves. And that can be our eyes from the outside looking in. And I don't recommend doing this every time you practice, but every few times, maybe at once a week or once a month even, you get the camera out and you record yourself doing either striking or kicking or elbows, knees, doing the form, whatever it is that you're practicing, because then you are your own coach at that point. You can see some of the stuff that you're doing. Can you see all of it? No, no. It takes years to be able to see all those little nuances that the coach will help you with. But you'll start to see some things that you could tell, oh man, look at how much I'm leaning. Oh, look, I was, my head's down the whole time I'm doing that. Those things you will start to see. Now the part that lines up with chess is this. If you struggle with a move, we're gonna take that and we're gonna apply the same mechanics that if you went to learn how to play chess from a good teacher, they would start you out at the end game, not the beginning. They would start you out with, okay, you have, a, the, the opponent has a king, pawn, or a couple pawns, and you have, let's say, your queen, your king, and a pawn. And you have to try to put them in check. So, or they'll set the board up, so you're one move away from checkmate, you just have to solve that problem. You solve for checkmate. And then you start adding pieces to it. So now you go two moves out. So you'll have more pieces on the board and you'll walk it back. And then three moves and then four moves before checkmate. Well, we're gonna do the same type of thing with a problem in the form. So if we need to solve something here, let's say in the second road we had trouble with wicked knee. So we get to wicked knee, like I said before, practice that move over and over and over by itself. Just get the turn. Make sure that the hook is in the right position, your knee's coming up, you're turning the right direction, as much as you can. Now we're going to take it back a step and we're going to say, do the move before and then do wicked knee. So the move before in this case would be diagonal flying. So we're going to do diagonal flying wicked knee. And we're going to practice that over and over and over and over and over till we feel comfortable again. Once we feel comfortable, we're gonna go two moves back. So now we're gonna go back to double seal. Then we do double seal, diagonal flying, wicked knee. Same thing, repeat it until you're comfortable. And then we go back to crashing time. 
So crashing tide was the first move in that section. So now we're doing crashing tide, double seal, diagonal flying, wicked knee. And we get our string. This is our new string that we were working. And we put that together. So one more piece of this. Forms are sequential. This is the newest section that we just learned. So what we want to do now is plug it into the previous sections. So that when we hit the end of the move before crashing tide, we don't stop and not know how to proceed. We get that memory log jam again. So what we do here is we add the last move of the previous section. And we plug that in, which was the three section step with the crushing fist. So we start from there, we do three section step with the crushing fist, to crashing tide, to double seal, to diagonal flying, to wicked knee. And now we have the pieces together that we need. So that's a practice tip that I would recommend trying to use if you're struggling with any piece of a form. And if forms training is new to you, or you just, you've been, maybe even been doing it for years, but still struggle with different pieces here and there, that's a tip. That's what I used to do to uh, help myself get through those humps. Hope that helps. Let me know in the comment section how that works out for you.